Hello, I'm Paula Fanous and welcome to Formidables, a podcast series speaking from the heart of Western Sydney. In this podcast, I'll introduce you to amazing artists, young and old, who share with us about their creative careers. We are broadcasting from Darug country, so we pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Okay, good morning, Mom and I. Good morning, Laurentia. Good morning. Morning. Uh, it's really, really good to see you and to be here with you today. So for our viewers who uh, aren't yet familiar with your work, could you please tell us uh, who you are, so what your name is and what kind of dance you do? Um, so my name is Malana Makalio. I'm from uh, Western Sydney, Blacktown. And so my pra- main practice is locking, which is a funk dance and hip hop dancing. And so I generally just um, focus more on uh, freestyling and battling. And so I have a project that I'm currently working on and it's a, a collaboration or more of like a relationship between uh, rugby and Polynesian war dance. And so at the moment I'm, I'm, I play rugby for a club out in Redwick and as a dancer, myself i kind of find the the relationship between the myself growing up as a polynesian um it's a culture to 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 learn to dance um in our cultural form and hip-hop has always been part of my culture as well growing up in as a teenage in my youth and 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 older years and through that and so um yeah (laughs) Thank you, Molina. So my name is Laurencia Materiki. So the type of dancing I do now is pedestrian, more abstract. I started doing cultural dancing when I was really young. I did um, my traditional dancing, which is Cook Island dancing, then transitioned into contemporary from year 11. And then I met um, Emma Saunders and I completely changed. And I was like, oh, abstract. <laughs> I like it. Pedestrian movement. Love it. It's just a great way to um, incorporate like everyday movement and basically doing the movement, but in a more um, just simplifying it and trying not to make it too overcomplicated. Just doing the movement as it is. And what is pedestrian dance pedestrian is basically so this is how we explain it because it's um it's just doing like everyday movements um like if you're doing a walk like if you're walking that's an example but like we try not to do the dance walk every dancer knows there's a dance walk we don't do a dance walk we just do the movement um, and it's really hard because when you're a dancer you have this certain way of being like yep perform and then you walk like it's every dancer has this you can't tell me otherwise but we had to try and simplify the movement and bring it into everyday bodies so because we believe that like everybody can dance so it's just simplified and 
not simplified, but it's just put into what it's supposed to be. The movement is what it is supposed to be, basically. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, kind of taking out the performativity and just getting to observe people's natural movements and. Yes, cool. exactly. That's definitely it. Mol and I, could you tell me a little bit about step? You mentioned it earlier. Um, why was that an important story to tell? Uh, that link between rugby and dance and Polynesian culture. Why did you feel really drawn to tell that story? Um, it all started in the beginning of the pandemic. How, as a dancer, you know, we couldn't dance, but we were allowed to play community sports like soccer and rugby. So that was really confusing. And so I took that opportunity to play rugby during that lockdown because I needed that social interaction. I just need to get out of the house and it just drove me crazy. I didn't want to dance at home because it just felt weird. It gave me a major anxiety. I just like, I just felt like I was in prison. And so during that time, I just didn't want to dance. I just took dance as a break and just like, I'm going to play rugby, freshen my mind up and just, you know, start over once we go back into normality. And so I had this opportunity to create a piece out of ISO in uh, November 2020, I think. And I came up with that inspiration through what I've gone through. And so as a dancer and an athlete playing rugby, I wanted to share my identity as a Tongan to show why Polynesians are so good at playing rugby. And at the same time, we enjoy performing and dancing, um, such as like doing the haka, doing all the Polynesian cultural dances. You know, no matter how manly we are, how gangster we are, you know, we still have that soft spot to be open-minded to just do it and just dance for our culture. And so that's why I really wanted to share my piece is that you know, no matter how tough you are, you could always show that, that soft side of you, that, that joyful and you know, that celebration of music and dance. And that's who we are as Polynesian. We just love the, the creativeness of dancing, of playing music and singing. And so that was, was one of my first piece when I created a, Out of ISO sounds like an incredible project uh, where you're really looking into those parts of you that make you who you are learning more about them and then presenting you know what it means to love this and to love that and it's really really interesting well and I'm really excited to to see that someday um, thank you for sharing so Laurentia, we both worked on Encounter with Emma Saunders, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, and that was a wonderful show, lots of different moving parts. There was dance, there was poetry, there was a live orchestra. Um, it's a very complex show. So how did you get involved uh, in Encounter? Um, so I had a teacher 
and she forced me basically to audition for this and she's like this is a great opportunity because I didn't um, do the sharp short dance that she really wanted me to do which is for under 21's programs that um, form dance projects offers and it's great like if you win you get like you get all these amazing opportunities like to do things and she really wanted me to do it but I was like yeah but I had two cousins that auditioned in a duo doing our culture dancing and I'm telling you right now that is the only reason why I got into Encounter <laughs> because when I went there everyone had training since they were three years old doing like jazz, ballet, um, lyrical, everything, you name it and I was the only <laughs> poly girl there that was like what like I did do dance when I was a kid but like I didn't do ballet because my family and yeah we couldn't afford it so I did culture dancing um which is basically free when I was dancing in a group but when I joined I went to do this audition I was very very scared I was petrified actually I was like shaking I couldn't even dance like I was frozen and I love to dance like like Milan I said like our people we dance we sing like it, it just flows through us honestly it's just something that's very natural to us but that day I honestly froze and then um, I remember Emma coming up to me and she was just like so do you how many years of dancing do you have I was like <laughs> in and then she was just like like ballet like have you what school have you gone to then I was like does doing culture dancing count and then she was like yeah 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 like how long have you done that for it's like since I was like six and she was like oh what type of culture dancing do you do and I was like ah oh, I do Cook Island um my two cousins won the duo for the shop show instantly she knew who they were and then she was like to me that is amazing do you have any other dance that you've um, incorporated into your practice besides that? And I said, no, except like contemporary, which I just had learned, started learning that year. It was um, contemporary helped me deal with speaking about certain things because I couldn't speak. So I just danced it like I would just dance because that year was a very difficult year for me. Um, dancing really helped like... <laughs> Because I wasn't talking to my friends or anything, but yeah. yes, I shared with Emma in that like five minutes, like, and she actually listened to me when I said that. And she's like, wow, that's very interesting. So how did you hear about us? Like, she was so interested. And I was just like, oh, like, I heard about you from a teacher of mine. She knows your work. She encouraged me to join this. And then she was just like, you know what? That's amazing. I love that. And I was like, aren't you worried that I have no experience in ballet or like anything else? And she was just like, no, that's, I think that's great. She's like, that means your body hasn't been, um, how did you put it? Conditioned. She said it hasn't been conditioned exactly to be a certain style or a certain way, like, she enjoyed the way that my body just moved freely and like especially like the flow of it because I focused more on the slow side of our dancing and yeah she enjoyed that and it's a testament to how if you're facilitating dancers and choreographing you gain so yeah. much more by encouraging their natural 
skills and temperaments and what they want to do um it's important mm. to listen as a choreographer and that's i'm really glad that emma did because encounter was wonderful and that's my follow-up question um i remember your story it was very moving very vulnerable uh and vulnerability is very important to to me as a poet so i was wondering in your dance practice is vulnerability always something that is very important or is it something you sometimes put into the work depending on the work for me yes uh like personally yes but like i don't always incorporate it in there because yeah um when i do my practice it allows me to be free and it's kind of like my escape so i really yeah and i don't have to like constrict my body i just let it move and it feels good every single time like after i do it and you actually said it really yes the vulnerability part like i wow i didn't even think about it but yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm glad that you uh, have that space to express yourself in that's uh, really good yeah. mol and i i'd love to hear from you um i know that with step uh you performed it like you said pre-pandemic or during the pandemic and then now you get to develop and re-perform it so have you found that when doing that the messages that you were trying to send evolved or are you telling the same story just in a new in a new way um it has definitely evolved um it's kind of taken me to a whole different path the more i dig the more i'm going into like a whole another world of new discovery which is great um because it just gives me options and um it's the unknown like you don't know what to expect un- un- until you've actually done it and then you've rewatched the footage and then you could decide or you could just feel it for me when i create things it's always through the vibe or like the feelings and the connections with the artist and so sometimes i just let it be and just freestyle and 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 see where where it would take us what would you what would you say was the original message of step and what would you say is the message now i know it's a bit hard to reduce a whole work of art to a message but what did you want your audience to know originally and what did what do you want them to know now with the updated show yeah so the original message was 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 showcasing the 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 fourth step of you know the rugby movements and hip hop movements and 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 seeing the relationship with it and showcasing the the strength and the warriorness of of war dance and rugby and hip hop and because hip hop is um a lot of the elements is is a lot of like battling and and competition and that's the same as playing rugby when we're competing with other people and doing the haka and war dance you know we're going to war and so there's a lot of it's more of like a love triangle where we're all connected in the same way and so this current development that I'm working on it's more of the connections of everyday life as a polynesian in western sydney you know the things that we do you know like drinking kava as like a traditional drink the roots that we just sit down relax have a yarn out in the back garage 
you know, wearing the high vests, you know, working in the, the factory and, and, you know, or just playing the backyard footy, you know, with the coconut or like anything that we could find. And it's just a lot of knowing my own culture, um, being Tongan and, and finding the things that represents if I did the haka, what, what does that reflect to myself in the culture? And there's always like a big why. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? So everything, every idea I come up to, uh, come up with, you know, I've got to find why, why this and how would, how would the audience feel? And for me, I always kind of want the audience to feel just like kind of want them to be on the edge of the seat, you know? to be to be frightened or to be joyous um just a lot just it's more of like a, a roller coaster ride you know showcasing myself um being polynesian type of thing so there's definitely a lot to discover yeah. and i love that you are discovering it and taking us on that journey that's a really wonderful thing to do um so I heard a little bit from Molinai about what you love about Polynesian culture, that image of just having a yarn in the garage and, and the high beers. And I've worked in factories and yeah, I, I know, I know the vibe. Um, so Lorenzo, what's, what are some of your favorite things about being Polynesian? Oh my gosh, everything. Honestly, culture, um, just our people in general, like, uh very carefree people but family orientated very dedicated to our families they come above or else besides god um that's something we all grow up in our culture is so beautiful like i love every single thing about it the good and the bad not jokes <laughs> mostly the good but molina i'd love to hear a little bit about the lali which is uh, an instrument. Could you tell us what it is and what role it plays in your work? Okay, so the lolly is the the wooden, I don't know, wooden log, and a lot of other Polynesian cultures they use this instrument uh, in their music, and so it's 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 a quite common instrument that we use, and so um, with this project, I focus on uh, Fijian culture. And so I've learned a lot about Fijian culture and the understanding of the war dance and the connection because Fijians, they're known for their speed in rugby and that, that made my job a lot easier to, to work with at first. And so the sound of the drum is, is a reflective of the whole Pacific it's more of like the core of the gods and the beat also has that, the rhythm of the beat, the sound has that similar rhythm to, to house music. Yeah, so house music has that, that universal rhythm or beat that has that some sort of connection. With, with the lali, it's been it's probably one of the best instruments that I've enjoyed working with. Yeah.
come back to that idea of being a warrior and and how that ties into things because i love that uh but i'd love to hear a little bit about western sydney and what it represents for both of you and what role it's played on your dance journey and just your life journey too i grew up in punchbowl so punchbowl wiley park area and the cultures um there's so many different cultures and if anything, being amongst these cultures and also my own culture has made me feel safe and has made, like, I've learned so much. I went to a multicultural school, so I learned so much about respecting others, like, backgrounds. Like, there's certain things that they do see. For us, when we greet people, I, I notice this is not something that everyone does. So when we greet people, men, women, auntie, uncle, doesn't matter, binary, transgender, doesn't matter. We all hug, kiss on the cheek. Everybody does that. But I realized that I had to like slowly unlearn that because I grew up back home and then I moved here. So I had to like pick and choose. There's certain people that like to be greeted that way or you could just be like, oh, hi. But I wasn't used to that. But like just learning those little things like greetings and... Um, food, growing up in Western Sydney, food is amazing, <laughs> but no one can convince me. Uh, we make the best snack pack in our area. I have never had a snack pack out of our area. <laughs> Not joking, but um, that's the main thing I've enjoyed about growing up in Western Sydney is that I get to be amongst so many other cultures, learn so many other religions too. Yeah, it was very um, eye-opening coming here. I loved it. I discovered so much, learned a lot. And it basically, <laughs> the person that I am today, um, it's so, it, it really did do a lot to going into dancing. Um, I was also aware when I went into dancing that I didn't see as much as the people that I grew up with, the people I grew up with, I didn't see them that much in the dance world. And it was very um, eye-opening in a sense. Like I was just like, ah, oh. it's not that I didn't feel safe, but I didn't feel like a part of it when I got into the dance world. Cause I was just like, 
oh, where's my, where, where the old people that I grew up with? Like, I grew up amongst, like, wow, kind of speak, amongst Arabs, Asians, like, you name it. And then when I turned around, like, I didn't see any Arabs. I didn't see any Islanders. It was just, like, really hard for me. It took me a while to actually accept the term, like, so many Africans. Like, I went to school with Africans in my area, too. So I was just, like, oh, it was just weird for me. But, you know what? It was great. It was a great experience. I still learned so much. But, yeah, that's what growing up in Western Sydney made me feel like I felt safe. It's a lovely feeling to feel uh, like part of the majority, mm. um, especially when the majority is a diversity and not just um, one culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Western Sydney really does provide that. It's uh, there's, there's people who look like you and there's people who look like everyone yeah. else too. And that's a fantastic thing to be a part mm. of. Uh, and I, what about you? Uh, you said you're from Blacktown. I went to school in Marion, actually, so I'm really familiar with Blacktown. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, what that's, what role that's played in your life? Living in Blacktown for me, it was, it was kind of tough. Being raised by a single mother with four children, we lived in the housing commission out in Prospect, and so, so it was for me, it was a big eye opener. Because um, I, I was born. I was born in New Zealand. Moved into Australia when I was six, and I've pretty much got myself with the wrong crowd in Blacktown. So I did a lot of um, bad stuff. Um, but that's when I kind of got into hip hop culture. Pretty much, you know, it started with finding out who Tupac was back then and Biggie and all these artists and and just watching my cousin um, tagging on books and just watching him do it and then I'll just like you know kind of followed on yeah and so during high school I did a lot of a lot of tagging and graffiti and I was in I was part of a gang um, in high school and stuff like that and so we we would have like a lot of rivalries and we'll we'll fight with other schools um, if you know, like Evans High School or like Blacktown Boys, Petition Brothers, you know, a lot of that. And um, the first time I saw breakdancing was when I was at Blacktown Station. And I think it was like this Samoan guy who was just doing all this like popping and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And that kind of stuck to me. And, um, and so... I remember going to a school dance and my cousin who was in the gang, it was called like LPC. So it was like Layla Park Crips. And they all rocked up to the dance and they all like busted out, started breakdancing. And I was like, holy crap, I want to do that. And at the time I was, I was more into rugby, you know, and, and that was like my focus. Oh, you know, that was my, my career goal. Like I want to be a professional rugby player. And, um, and I remember like my, my sister, my brothers, they were doing tap and ballet. Uh, yeah, and jazz and all that. And um, I used to tease them for, for doing tap and ballet. And so like, they'll come, they'll come home in their tights and stuff like that. And I'll like laugh at them. And so, yeah, so I think I was in year eight 
I got myself into trouble with the cops and stuff like that. And my mom kind of stressed out and got scared and she, she sent me back to New Zealand. How, how long were you in New Zealand for? Um, so I was there till like I finished high school. And so I went to Odahu College and um, every year they'll have Polyfest. They'll have like culture group, dance competition. Yeah. So, it's amazing. So each, yeah, it's the best. So each year I'll, I'll join each culture groups. Uh, like not because I wanted to do it. It was because I wanted to check out the girls. <laughs> and, each, <laughs> and each, so like one year I did like the Tongan group. The next year I did New Air. And then my last year I did Cook Island group. Because I thought like, oh, all the, all the most beautiful girls are in like Cook Island group. I'm going to like join that group. So, um, but at the, end of the, well, at the end of the day, I've learned so much about the culture and the dance. And it really like opened my eyes. Going from like Australia into New Zealand and knowing about New Air and Cook Island, I didn't even know that existed. Tokelau and all these like little island groups. Because like growing up in Western Sydney, all I knew was Fijians, Samoans and Tongans. And so like my upbringing in Western Sydney, it was pretty tough at the time. Um, New Zealand has definitely brought me into being a- an artist, yeah. um, you know, dancing. And so very grateful that I've uh, gone into that path. No, I'm so glad you, you found your way too, because um, sometimes being creative and being courageous you look around like where can I channel this creativity and this courage and you see you see groups of people and they're courageous and and bold and 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 so you join the groups and unfortunately if you're in Western Sydney the groups aren't really groups you want to be a part of long term so I'm glad you found um, more wholesome avenues of channeling your courage and your creativity um, and I think the fact that you make the wonderful work you do is a testament to uh, the fact that there's so many other wonderful young people in Western Sydney, maybe stuck in those groups that we should, you know, give the time of day. And I know PCYC have all kinds of art programs, including dance programs. And if you're listening and you're in Western Sydney in that situation, um, find a free dance group and, and get into it. It's awesome. Or get into something that, like, anything to do with poetry, writing, trust me, it really helps. Like... Honestly, especially if you're growing Absolutely. up in Western yeah. Sydney. Street, it's the best. Yeah. Street Uni has mm. that. Street Uni has that um, great program working with youths out in Western Sydney. So, mm. um, okay. So they have like free programs into like DJing or learning how to rap or how to do graffiti art and stuff like that. So there's a lot of program that, for that if you, you know, for like self expression. Like so. Exactly. No, yeah, that's so good. Because, like, back on your topic about school, I was so lucky to go to a school that had um, teachers, like, certain, like, tutors. There were certain people, and even the art teachers, the dance teachers, they were very, um, they would encourage us, especially um, Polynesians, us Polynesian girls, because I went to an all-girls school. Yay. (laughs) Couldn't go to a (laughs) co-ed. Gosh, I wonder why. (laughs) Nah, um, but... Uh, it was great. Like our art teachers always encouraged us because they knew we never spoke about how we feel. We'll just joke about it. And 
I remember going through a very hard time and all those teachers, my art teachers, my dance teachers and a tutor that I had in the library, they always let me have those moments. So like another thing is to like, there's teachers there, there's certain people there that you can trust and they help you out. They don't even push you. They just let you express yourself through your art, through being creative. And it's the best way, like it's the best escape, honestly. I'm actually teaching at the moment. So hearing that, you know, those teachers who encourage your creativity does make a difference. I needed that. So thank you. So I want to ask you both one more question. uh, And I always find it's a nice way to round it off. And that is, we've got young people listening at home. And they're probably creative, full of ideas, inspired and wondering what they should do next, where they can channel their creativity, how to get into this wonderful world of art that you two have already you know, entered into. So what advice would you have for those people uh, listening from home? Uh, pretty much just do what you love and, and just research on everything that you're interested in. Um, for me, music plays a big role in my life and um, without music there's no dancing and so that music is what keeps me moving and keeps me going and it's my way of like expression through words and um, you know just stay focused um, be around with those that have the same um, goals and desires and in what they want to pursue because those are the people that like really want to push you and and really want to help you grow and inspire and that's pretty much it like i i when i first started dancing uh i couldn't even dance i started taking dance lessons but yeah i, I did have that you know that that polynesian cultural background but like hip-hop was like a whole new world for me and and it was definitely something that I could connect with, you know, for what I've gone through in Western Sydney and stuff like that, um, through the struggles. Um, and this is and this is why us Polynesian love hip hop because the connections of the struggles, you know, that our parents go through or like our friends and family go through, and and it's so much easier to connect and to express um, through what we go. And so um, for me, I don't say much, but when I dance, it's, it's, it's like a million words, like, you know, and that's, that's what my, the reason why I dance, because I don't have to say, I just do it. And, and it just, it says everything. It tells my story of where I come from and what I've gone through. And um, for me, um, even though you feel like you're going nowhere in life or something like that, just do what you love and there's always opportunity that will just pop up. And um, yeah. Very inspiring. That was beautiful. (laughs) But um, (laughs) definitely what Mal and I said, I add on to that with following what you love. Even without your parents' support, guys, just follow what you love. Even with no one supporting you, trust me, the timing it will always come. Everything always plays out. 
eventually it will. It doesn't feel like it in the moment when you're like going through that hardship, but it will like it'll come through for you, and it will always come if you keep believing in it. It honestly does. Like as cliche as that sounds, it works out every single time. Like as a person that struggled, dancing did help me. Like push through because I was battling so much grief at like when I was still in high school and those teachers. That's why I keep bringing them up because they didn't push. They knew they didn't push, but they were just there if I needed anything to do. Like, and they would encourage me to be creative because my parent, my um, yeah, my parents weren't really encouraging me, and even they were just like, yeah, sure, like get over it. Jobs like that won't put money on the table type of thing. But the sensate, the beautiful feeling that you get once you're doing it, it literally surpasses even, like, getting a paycheck. I'm telling you right now. The healing that and the growth that you feel once you're doing those creative things, it's so beautiful. It's so, like, liberating in so many forms, physically, spiritually, and mentally, obviously, but yeah, 100% encourage those to do the things they love. Uh, We'll end it on that note. Uh, I feel very, very inspired, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Thank you, Lorencia. Thank you, Molinai. You've been listening to Formidables, a podcast series commissioned and produced by Form Dance Projects. We thank Riverside Theatres, Diversity Arts and Information Cultural Exchange for their partnership, and we thank the Crown Resort, the Packer Foundation, and Create New South Wales for making this possible. I hope you all feel inspired and excited. Stay creative and stay tuned. Stay tuned.